dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hello everyone, welcome to Dynasty Underdog. Welcome to episode 166 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Ryan Dawkins. Again with me this week is Jake. What's up, man? Not much, dude. Just another weekend of disappointment, injuries, sadness. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, here we are. We're alive. We're doing well. And we have a ton of news and nonsense. So let's jump into it. This seems like such old news, <laughs> considering everything that's happened since. But... Uh, Jonathan Taylor was activated to active roster. He got a three-year extension for $42 million, And they still want to roll out uh, Zach Moss. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm not too worried about it. They'll get JT in the in the game plan here, I think, in, in, in the, no amount of time. But, you know, he's happy. Uh, obviously, he's got to be feeling really, really healthy considering his bank account is a lot better now. It's funny how that works. But, yeah, Jonathan Taylor uh, got the bag and... Should be happy there in Indy for the next three years. Next one, Khalil Herbert. Uh, this is kind of this is kind of a bummer, but uh, Khalil Herbert is going to miss a couple weeks, high ankle sprain. Roshan Johnson was out for week five. I think he had a concussion, so we have to see if he clears concussion protocol. Something to keep an eye on. They're really good run. Uh, have a really good rush uh, uh, attack, so you kind of want to have one of those running backs on your team. Just something to keep an eye on. I think, was it Deontay Foreman? Is he, he's Deontay in Foreman. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, okay. So that's something to keep an eye on. You know, uh, maybe if Roshan's not able to clear concussion protocol, you know, try to fire up uh, Deontay Foreman or go get him for cheap if you need, if you just need a guy. Yeah, no, I was going to shout that out. I, I think Deontay Foreman is someone that you could probably get for cheap given how they run that backfield. He should be active in the next com- couple of weeks. Uh, he hasn't been active yet, I think, going into <laughs> week six, which is pretty crazy. Um, mainly just down to, I think, how they would be using him. He'd basically yeah. be fitting into either the wide receiver one or wide, rec- wide receiver. Running back one or running back two spots, and he doesn't really compete for third down back uh, priorities. So I think that's just the reality. They also picked up, I think, Darrington Evans off of a practice squad here or there. They really just need bodies right now, but I would really just be looking at Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson moving forward. Absolutely. Indianapolis. So Anthony Richardson, hurt his shoulder, AC joint. That's going to be an injury that keeps him out for quite a while. This is very concerning because it's unfortunate we've got to talk about him being hurt damn near every week so far since we, we started. He's a rookie. You know, he left two games early. This one, well, three technically now, three games early. Uh, it says AC joint in his throwing shoulder. I'm not a doctor or anything, but I know that's not good. Uh, I'm very concerned. If I have Anthony Richardson as one of my uh, quarterbacks, I drafted him this year. I am very concerned. I'd be trying my best to find something else. Are you, are you worried? Or are you just like, Hey man, stuff happens. He's a peculiar quarterback to kind of look at historically. Uh, he didn't play really that many games in college. And so our understanding of just him as an athlete is still really, really limited. Um, I think that's kind of what scared me away from trying to draft him in rookie drafts this past year. I knew the upside was definitely there, but with regards to injuries, I do think more often than not, they are down to just bad luck. Uh, I do think the way that he plays increases his opportunities potentially to get injured Uh, he's obviously engaging in contact more frequently than most other quarterbacks unless you're you know a mac jones or a daniel jones your offensive line is absolutely terrible you're getting sacked 10 11 times a game but like in the reality of the world of of football quarterbacks who engage in contact are more likely to get injured it's just the reality of how it goes um I'm scared in the sense that I know 
that if I hold on to him, I don't know if I could, <laughs> if I could assume he's going to start 17 games in a season. And I, I think that sounds stupid because it's not, you know, backed by any statistics, but in the grand scheme of things, I have to sometimes just move with my heart and my heart tells me that it's a risky situation given the way that he plays. And I have to kind of go against that. Uh, but, you know, in terms of fantasy asset, when he plays, the dude's a stud. Uh, he had an incredible first half. It was a first quarter. I think he had an incredible first quarter that was equivalent to basically an entire game's worth for most quarterbacks. So the talent's there. But Gardner Minshew is uh, going to be burning some oil for the next couple of weeks. And by couple, I mean probably four to six. Gardner Minshew is, again, like I said, I think he's actually a really good quarterback. His footwork is pretty good. I think he's one of the best backups in the whole league. So uh, Indianapolis is going to be just fine there for now. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones left. He got hit. Uh, I mean, he got he just got sacked. He got hit in the, the the side or whatever, but his head kind of shook back a little bit, and he injured his neck. You're the Giants fan, so maybe you've heard a little bit more about this, but it sounds like they were saying it was similar to the neck injury he had two years ago. Yep. He's sustained against uh, the Dallas Cowboys, actually. Uh, so Sorry about that. It's concerning. Uh, that injury basically shut him down for the entire season that year. Um, and folks were talking in the offseason of whether or not he'd be able to come into year three, uh, able to even play. Uh, he ended up finishing year three without any injuries. And, you know, we're not that far into year four. And it's uh, looking to be, unfortunately, a recurring issue for him. Neck injuries are really fragile. And right now, word on the street is no word on the street. They're trying to, I think, try and keep things behind closed doors. My suspicion will be that he will move to IR, uh, probably be out for at least six to eight weeks, if I had to guess. Uh, we're talking about nerves that basically impact your entire body's movement. So if you fuck around with those, you find out, as terrible as it sounds. Like, it's just a reality. And we don't want players to be risking their lives, their mobility, and I think Daniel Jones is in a very sticky situation given, um, you know, the new contract that they've provided him. It gives him basically one additional season next year and they can easily get out of it. But I wouldn't be surprised if Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter for, you know, the next two weeks before he gets injured because oh, <laughs> Tyrod man. Taylor has, a, he has an unfortunate history with injuries too. If we're going to be talking about quarterbacks who get injured quite frequently. So don't get me wrong. He did get punctured in the lung once. And that doesn't yeah. But like, aside from that one, the dudes unfortunately dealt with some pretty uh, tragic injuries that have kind of derailed some of his starting career. But yeah, that's kind of how I view the Daniel Jones situation. Do you have any other different thoughts? No, not at all. That's, that's pretty much, uh, you did it better than I could. I will say, you know, God bless Tyrod Taylor for sacrificing his lung so we could see Justin Herbert in his rookie year. Thank you. Thank Poor you so guy, much, man. Tyrod. Poor guy. T totally. I really hope that that medical professional got, got fired. He better not have a job. That's terrible. But. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, James Conner, another guy who just runs hard, looks good. I always fade, and usually I am disappointed that I didn't draft him. I don't know why, but I have done it every single year since he's been in the league. But he left a game with a knee injury. I think he's going to IR. I think I heard that today. Last week, they have uh, Keontae Ingram is a second-year running back. He was actually inactive, so that gave us a chance to see undrafted free agent Amari DiMicardo run. Um, <clears throat> I think all the snaps. I think every one of the running back snaps went to him after Connor left the game. And he looked pretty good, so... I did pip around on some of my dynasty leagues just to kind of gauge. Um, and he was surprisingly rostered more places than I thought he would be. So, um, yeah, maybe go out there. I mean, this is going to be, you're going to hear this after waivers run. But, yeah, uh, I, I would add a Murray DiMicardo uh, to your roster just in case if you can. I do believe that Keontae Ingram has followed up with two straight practices. So, I wouldn't go and like, I don't know, back up the Brinks truck or anything for Dimacardo, but something to keep an eye on either way. They also picked up Damian Williams, which I know he's kind of been moved around the NFL for the last two, three seasons, but it's another body and has kind of a different frame than the other two running backs. So I wouldn't be surprised if they give him some carries throughout the uh, next couple of weeks. But from what I understand about this injury, 
it really should just be the IR stint, which means it should be four weeks and done. Um, cool. And they're, they're just trying to, I think, they know what they have this year, <laughs> as terrible as it sounds. And I think they're just trying to uh, keep keep their back off the field without trying to rush them back and pull up practice squad players or additional roster spots um, when available. Again, just all bad news. Uh, Justin Jefferson left the game with a hammy. Uh, he was down there in the red zone running. He kind of pulled up, grabbed his hammy, left the game. It looks like he's going to be going to IR. Um, this one seems to be a little bit more serious. Uh, we talked about KJ Osborne and Addison playing behind him last week. And so now through, not like he's earned it, but he's moved up in the pecking order as it will be Addison. So just something to kind of keep an eye on while JJ's out. Uh, you have JJ Osborne and Hawkinson there. Kurt Cousins, there's rumors that, you know, not maybe not rumors, but like suggestions that people think they should try to just move Kurt Cousins while they can. I doubt they will. I think they'll probably just ride out with Kirk Cousins this year. I don't. I still think they could be the same team they are without JJ, which is, says everything you need to know about the zero and five team. Or are they? Are they four and one? One and four. They're one and four. They did win. Good for them. All right. So, uh, still going to be bad for the NFL team, but I think for fantasy, there's still going to be guys there that we could all start. Yeah, it, their wide receiver room is thin, right? Like after those two dudes that you just stated. The only other guy that I've seen on the field is Brandon Powell, who I think is a designated kick and punt returner, which is pretty crazy. Outside of that, if you look at their practice squad, you got guys like Nikhil Harry out there. So it's not gonna maybe happen. there's a research. No. <laughs> uh, there's literally no one. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them start making moves, uh, see who else is out there in, in free agency, uh, because I don't think you can really run an offense with three active wide receivers. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see what they do over the next four or five days. Once uh, Justin officially goes on to IR, uh, it's just been reported, but you know, it all takes you know, the semantics of going through the processes and the paperwork, I'm sure to d- designate players for, for specific um, designations, but yeah, but moving into, I guess the next player, Devonta chain with a knee injury, that was really weird. Uh, I don't know if you saw the actual play that he got injured. He actually injured his ankle originally. And they held him out for a few plays, <laughs> brought him back in for whatever reason. And then I think he tweaked his knee. And then they sat him out for the rest of the game. Um, they're deeming it week to week. But I've also seen reports where it's been like, is he going to go on the IR? This is one of the weirder injuries because throughout this course of like six or seven hours today, I've heard several different reports about how serious this injury is. Have you seen any definitive report that you feel confident with? I haven't. I just went with the initial one, which is week to week. And it seems like, you know, it's one of those injuries like it happened. And I guess unless you were watching the game, you know, that specific game at the time, which I try not to do. I try to watch, you know, red zone. So I kind of get all the pertinent stuff for the show. And just for myself for fantasy, that's how I go about it. But it's like one of those injuries that like, they didn't really show exactly what happened. I didn't see the play until like hours later, to be honest with you. I, I think the best view I saw of the, the, the injury was, was today. So, I mean, that's two days, two days removed. No, I, I don't think that uh, we really have a definitive timetable for him. It just sounds like they might go ahead and do an IR thing, sit him out for four weeks and try to get him back healthy. Uh, with the same backfield, Jeff Wilson Jr., I think... Sounds like he will be back. So it's another running back brought over from San Francisco. Jeff Wilson, monster, old as shit. No name, nobody's that, uh, you know, uh, McDaniel's going to turn into a stud here. So something to keep an eye on, I guess. Yeah, he'll finish the year with like 12 touchdowns. It's awesome. <clears throat> I know, isn't that weird? Um, next one, Javante, Javante Williams. He did not play last week. Uh, shout out to Billy for telling me early in the morning just to not even start him, even if he was going to go, just find something else to do. So I did that in all the leagues where I have Javante, which is probably too many. But uh, but he, he was full participant at practice. He plays Thursday night, so welcome back, Javante. So I guess that is some positive news out of all this garbage that we've been talking about. Yeah, and Jaleel McLaughlin looked really good. Like He did. Uh, it's going to be one of those backfields that I don't feel – 
they'll have to be incredibly one-sided with Javante. So even if this injury they do suspect to be niggling or holding on to for a bit longer, um, they can kind of be safe with it, which is kind of nice for them. The team doesn't look like it's going in a particularly great direction anyway. So why risk a relatively um, high-end running back? Unfortunately, he's, he's also been kind of screwed with injuries, but why risk him when you have you know a relatively decent depth there? All right, next one and last one, Mike Evans. No update. I yeah, it's I haven't seen anything. I, I threw this in here. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. So last week, like we said, funny enough, I just wanted to shout out myself for being an idiot. I said, and I quote, Mike Evans has no chance of playing this weekend, which was true. They were on by. Um, <laughs> second, I, didn't even, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah, you weren't wrong. So technically, I was 100% accurate, uh, yeah. but I did want to say that he was caught today warming up with trainers, so he didn't actually have a full practice. He wasn't even considered limited limited practice, but he was on the field with trainers uh, doing warm-up. I don't know what that means. Hamstrings are really, really, really finicky, uh, so I think it's just going to be one of those where you are going to have to tell based on whether or not the limited practices or whether or not the no practices turn into limited practices, because I don't think he's going to be a full participant this week or the following week. It's just going to be one of those. Keep your eye out. Keep reading beat reporters from Tampa area and see what they have to say, because uh, it's not great, but it's not terrible. If it was terrible, he wouldn't be on the sideline warming up with trainers and stuff like that. So things to be relatively excited about. And I think that's a good way for us to end the news and nonsense section with a ambiguous, who knows situation instead of negative or positive. (laughs) It's better. Oh, I don't know if this week could have went any worse as far as injuries to studs. I don't roster any of them players, so I I dodged a bullet. You don't like studs. I'll take, I I can't get them or something. I don't know what it is. (laughs) All right. All right. So week five, what do we learn? What stood out? So to me, I'm watching, I got a glimpse of quite a bit of the Atlanta offense. And I'm not saying he's great or even good, but Desmond Ritter looked better. The passes he were making looked better. They were more on target to me from my blind eye. I saw Pitts had a pretty decent game. I saw London get a few more looks. It looked like an offense that they know they have Bijan and they could you know, use Bijan and, and Tyler Algier and run and run and run and run and run and run. And they probably should do that because Ritter still is, he's still not like a really good quarterback, right? So, but the fact that they seem to want to throw the ball just a little bit more than they have before, I think is something positive uh, going forward for Pitts and London. Yeah, it was an interesting scheme. It was very different than what we've seen through the first four weeks. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Houston's rush defense happens to be pretty good. So I think they schemed against the strength of the opposing team. Uh, Bijan and Tyler Algier. Yeah, I know. What a what a <laughs> thought. Bijan and Tyler Algier honestly had a pretty weak game in terms of fantasy production. Uh, you still got a touchdown out of Bijan, which is great. That touchdown was incredible. <laughs> if you saw that, uh, did you see that yes. crazy camera angle that they pushed out? On, I uh, love that Twitter? so much. Oh my god, It looked like a video game, right? Like, yeah, it did. The we, we, we need yeah. more of those like oh, weekly. We do really do. We deserve that type of content on on X or Twitter, like not the other <laughs> pandering bullshit that we get on there. Um, but I, I did, Ritter truly did look better. I would even say if you compared tape to tape versus other guys that have been getting hyped up early in the year, but we've been pretty much shitting on like uh, Jordan Love. I think he looked significantly better than Jordan Love did last night in uh, Las Vegas. Um, he's looked better than Mac Jones. I think he's pushed himself up in terms of my own personal rankings, a little bit, just because I do think he looked relatively competent throughout the entire game. Uh, his, even his missed throws weren't horrendous misses. Uh, that's one of the biggest metrics that I kind of use for my own personal rankings. It's just like brain fartability, as stupid as that sounds. Oh, like, I love that. Hashtag brain fartability. <laughs> Daniel Jones, high on the brain fartability scale. Oh, t-shirts. Like, but um the one thing that i did want to call him out for and this was kind of a it was a twofold compliment um his final drive in that game that won him the game was expertly done i by all means the houston defense playing prevent 
was one of the weirdest decisions I've ever seen because Atlanta, all they needed was a field goal. Uh, he just threw into the gaps really, really well, and he understood how spacing works, which was, you know, for a quarterback that I think gets poo-pooed on as much as he does, looked pretty good. And the other thing I did want to shout out, and we don't have it here, it, mainly because we shouted him out last week, but CJ Stroud on their big game leading touchdown that they had to score at the end of the game looked like an absolute stud. Like, I, I don't want this to just turn into like Jake comes onto the show and he just talks about how great CJ Stroud is, but like truly the dude had a very quiet game. No, he didn't have a single touchdown going into the fourth quarter and basically put into this pressure cooker situation where it was either score a touchdown or lose to the Atlanta Falcons. Goes down the field on, I think it was like a four and a half or five minute drive and absolutely tears it up. Looks great. There was a perfect touchdown and to uh, Dalton Schultz in the back of the end zone. And unfortunately, defensive scheme just really was out there and they lose the game. But just big shout out to CJ Stroud before we, we hop into uh, TyJ Spears and his standalone role. So what were your thoughts kind of going into week five with, you know, Derek Henry started to look pretty juicy in week four, but yet TyJ Spears really looked like a stud this past week. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just for personal reasons, I was hoping Derrick Henry would kind of look a little bit like he did the week before. But uh, yeah, Tajay Spears, it seems like they like to use him in the passing game. He looks as good on the NFL field as he did um, some of his college tape and what, Senior Bowl? Was it Senior Bowl? Yeah, Senior Bowl. And uh, just, you know, putting dudes in spinners. Like he, he's one of those guys, it's like, uh, it's kind of like the Jalen Warren with uh Najee the Tony Pollard with Zeke now I think you're gonna have like a Tajay Spears Derrick Henry situation you know I think if he's on your taxi squad and you're looking for someone that you could flex I think you could comfortably move him out of your taxi now and put him on your active roster and put him in there he's not gonna get you you know 12 plus points every week probably probably not but he he is going to here and there and it's just somebody that I think you could comfortably start yeah in your flex spots and maybe somebody to go out and get you know in case Derrick Henry does get hurt late they obviously trust Tajay Spears Tannehill likes to throw to the kid and he just looks the part he looks young he looks fresh because he is young and fresh just one of those guys that like I think you kind of want to try to go out and get if you can he hasn't done enough that I think that like you have to spend like a ton for him I think he's still attainable but it's it's somebody that especially if I'm rebuilding like I might want one of those young guys on my roster right now what do you think he goes for in your mind uh, high second. That's what I was thinking. <clears throat> I was thinking mid second would be, I think, too much of a stretch for me. If I can get him for our, uh, a late second, that would be kind of my ballpark. But yeah. Next one. Yeah. No reason to fade Zach Moss yet. Yeah. I know that uh, Jonathan Taylor is back, but they still rolling out Moss quite a bit. And I think until we see something different, which we, we will eventually, but I think you still got to keep him in your lineup for now. Like, he looks like a good running back, which is it's. I almost want to puke when I say it because I don't. I don't think he is, but maybe you know that run game is dialed up or whatever. Whatever they're doing there in offensive line and the offensive scheme is really helping Moss look like a boss right now. And uh, yeah, there's just to me when I'm watching it and just seeing how they use him and seeing how efficient he looks, not just like they're using him a bunch and like you know getting 25 carries and he's racking up you know 70 yards and. Uh, goal line catch like he looks like a good running back out there so i don't think there's any reason to fade him quite yet even though jt's back agreed uh i was part of that like 60 percent of all zach moss owners in redraft who dropped him i don't know percentage yeah it was pretty great i'm in a family league so it doesn't really matter but i was in the family league i shared the uh i share that team with my partner and she was like Oh, Zach Moss is tearing it up. I, and I'm like, I can't believe you're paying attention to this. And you remember the players that were on our team because she hadn't checked who was on our team this past week. And then she reached out to me like 30 minutes later and was like, Zach Moss isn't on our team? <laughs> Question oh, no. And I'm like, nope, nope, he's, he's not. I, uh, I dropped him for Jaleel McLaughlin, who luckily had a decent enough game and we got the win. But <clears throat> terrible, terrible, terrible. I definitely think it was a pretty unprecedented performance considering all of the circumstances that were there. And I think if anything, that shows more character behind Zach Moss and probably I think puts him in a pretty good situation to continue to keep some type of role, like Uriah was saying. So it's going to be a pretty interesting way. 
it's going to be pretty interesting to see the way that they try and split their carries uh, moving forward. Because I don't know how you take the ball the ball out of a guy who's as hot as Zach Moss has been over the last three weeks. So it'll be interesting. I don't think you can. All right, Adam Thielen, seventy two years old, but he's out there. Uh, clear <laughs> wide receiver one. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Clear wide receiver one for Carolina. Uh, this dude should be added to every single contending team. Uh, that, that you can out there doesn't have a ton of value even though he's doing what he's doing right now like anybody who has him will be thrilled to get rid of him if they're not contending so my advice is go out there grab the guy who's uh leading the team in targets and really could really help pretty much any contending team uh with a nice floor there old ass adam thielen still getting it done yeah it's pretty incredible the one of the best parts about him is that carolina is so bad that they're always chasing games and he's going to get garbage time receptions and touchdowns. Like, that's just going to be a reality. Um, he's getting targeted over 10 times a game. Like, he's just pure points right now for any contending team. I completely agree. And while we're talking about <clears throat> just an influx of targets, let's uh, talk about Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Like, oh, yeah. those two dudes are sharing the field, but yet still getting targeted. I'll say it right now. I was completely wrong about Cooper Cup's usage. 95% snap share on his first week back. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 120 yards. Incredible. And then Puka Nakua right next to him. 11 targets, 7 receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown on 100% snap share. You can't not start either of these dudes. They already traded away Van Jefferson today for basically nothing. They wanted him off the team. He was in his final year of his rookie contract to Atlanta. And it's really just a wide receiver group that looks pretty good as long as Matt Stafford is healthy. Matt Stafford's not healthy. I really don't even know who their backup quarterback is. I think Stetson Bennett is done for the year based on like health or mental health issues or something along those lines. I, I'm not really sure what's going on in that situation, but... It's definitely a wide receiver core that I'm pretty excited about. Even Tutu Atwell was getting red zone targets I saw. So there's value all across the board. What were your thoughts on their use? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we talked about it a little bit last week, like the fact that I don't think the team had any push to like put Cooper Cup out there before he was 100% because of how well Puka was doing, how well Tutu was doing, and Matt Stafford uh, just getting it done. So I had the thought that, you know, if Cup comes back, like he's actually going to be like, Truly, truly 100%. But I didn't think that he'd go out there and get like, what, like the first target of the game, second target of the game, third target. Like, he looked like, you know, Cooper Cup of a couple of years ago. Very excited about it. Uh, excited for the offense. Uh, I'm very interested in having any of these players. I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that they're very easy to go get right now. But, uh, <laughs> But if you could, you know, or you have them, you should be pretty happy about it. You know, a couple of them right back just like that. It was it was something fun to see. And I actually skipped over that news. That's my bet. But it eh, happens. Resolve. Resolve's back. They said they weren't going to limit him. And they didn't lie. He got 22 carries for 177. And I think, what, Jets won, right? The Jets yeah. played Denver, and they won. Um, it was like a bit of a win, but also more of the Broncos losing. I know that sounds stupid coming out of my mouth, but like it felt like one of those games where the two Wilsons were really going at it of who could really fuck that game up more in that fourth quarter <laughs> between the, uh, the fumbles and the interceptions between the two of them. But funny enough, and this just goes to show how good Brees Hall is, he still only landed around 50% snap share. But basically, every time he was on the field, he was touching the ball. So pretty solid. Uh, lots to look forward to. I can already hear the conversations on Twitter about how he's pushing back up into the top three dynasty running backs as people were getting concerned about him and his usage over the first four weeks. You know, that's just the conversations that unfortunately happen and people trying to, you know, adjust their rankings so quickly. But I think he's always been in the top three for me, and that's where he should be. Um, the dude is just an incredible athlete. I don't know. I don't think I've seen a single running back break out into open space as frequently as he's able to in games, except for maybe Nick Chubb when Nick Chubb's healthy, rest in peace, um, to his legs, not to him as a human being. And so, you know, I think that's like a, 
it's one of those capabilities that you just really love to see in a, in a running back. Something to keep an eye on there is the offensive lineman, Elijah Vera Tucker. He is out for the year. I think he ACL, MCL, yep. right? So uh, pretty, pretty much just a, a stud on the line there that they will not have anymore. So it, it, I, think, I think it will matter. All right, uh, last one, Rashi Rice earning targets. So the reason I brought this one up mm-hmm. is I saw that we've been, not we, but the dynasty community as a whole seems to be relatively quiet on Rashi Rice. He was someone that I think was relatively overdrafted in a lot of rookie drafts, um, just given his college profile. But the biggest thing that I've seen that's kind of interesting about him is that he hasn't been kind of earning a lot of snaps. So the fact that he has really kind of fell around the 30 to 45% mark for total snaps, but still is gaining five to seven targets per game is honestly really, really good. Um, And one of the, I think it was the offensive coordinator who, you know, their offensive coordinator really is just Andy Reid, but I think it was the offensive coordinator came out today and was just talking about how they want to try and get more targets to Rashi Rice. It's one of those weird wide receiver rooms where no one is particularly that appealing. Like we all try and hold on to uh, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, even though everyone knows that I'm basically a hater of Kadarius Tony. <laughs> and I think the reality is that Rashi Rice, as he gets more comfortable to the NFL game, really does look like he's the target earner. Like he's really going out there and earning targets for a dude who isn't really getting the snaps. And I that is exciting for me in terms of um, the analytics. Uh, outside of that, he's not really doing anything that impressive. Uh, but in that offense, if you're earning targets, you're more valuable than anyone else on that team. Besides, bar you know, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. That's really it. So, just wanted to bring up kind of his usage because it's been pretty exciting, even though it hasn't been exciting. As stupid as that sounds. Yeah, it's it's good to look at the um, the metrics, you know, behind all of it. Like so, you can't just look at the final fantasy production if you're trying to get ahead of something. You're seeing a trend where, okay, he's out there, but not out there a lot. But when he is out there, he's actually getting targeted. Like, this is something that we just always want to see with a rookie wide receiver, or any wide receiver, really. Um, yeah, I'm with you there, man. This is something that we should keep an eye on. I wish we could say the same thing for Sky Moore, but we can't. So we have to move on. Let's not talk about that. That's all right. I, I, still, I still love him. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. So that's pretty much all that we learned and what stood out to us for week five. I'm sure there's tons of other stuff out there um, we could talk about, but that's that's the meat and potatoes. The one thing I wanted to bring up, we bring up every year is, you know, we talk about contenders, rebuilders, or people who are stuck in the middle and the worst place you could be in Dynasty, which I find myself in a lot, to be honest, but is in the middle. You know, finishing the season, uh, you know, eight and eight, or what do we have? We have 17 games now, right? So nine and seven, eight and nine, whatever. You, you don't want to be there. And sometimes you just don't really know. Sometimes, like, maybe you might be third in the league right now or fourth in the league right now and looking good. But, like, that doesn't really tell the whole story if you're not really paying attention to the teams that you've been playing against. Have you been playing against a couple of rebuilders where you're getting easy wins and stuff like that? So for those that don't really know how to do it, the quick and easy way to do is that any league, MFL, sleeper, you could look for, go to your league, and look at the points for and points against and really kind of gauge how good your team is, not based upon your record right now, but more about your points for. On MFL, there's a tool where you go at standings and you can see your win-loss. You could look at how efficient you've been setting your lineups, which I try not to do. <laughs> because, <laughs> God. But also they have like an all-play. So it could show you what your record would be if you played every team every week. And that really is telling you just how strong your team is. It's taking away any of those like, oh, I was the second highest scorer this week, but I played against the first highest scorer or, you know, something vice versa. Maybe you were like the third lowest scorer, but you played against a rebuilder who doesn't want to score any points at all. Yeah, you got the W and maybe you move up the rankings, but it doesn't mean your team is any better. So I just suggest that you go and look at your teams and see where you fare against your competitors in total points or in all play versus just your record. And that's going to give you a whole lot better idea of where you're at, where your team is, because selling and buying season for contenders and rebuilders is 
Well, shit, it's already started. And really, the earlier you are, the better it is. Especially if you're in like a multi-team copy type league, you want to be the first to set the uh, market on a player and not be the last one to market with a, a, a certain player, uh, whether buying or selling. So that's kind of all I had to say, if that made any sense. Yeah, can I just add uh, yes. a couple of extra columns that they do provide to on Sleeper, there is max points for as well, which is equivalent to possible points on MFL. Both of those columns are basically what Uri was talking about with efficiency of the, the actual percentage of efficiency for you at starting the best players in those positions. But they do provide a better scale, I think, um, in terms of comparison to your opponents, uh, where you can basically kind of dive into is my team actually decent whether rather than is my starting team actually decent so one of my biggest issues on one of my du teams is i have a great starting 10 <laughs> then the rest of the team sucks so you know this the bye weeks are really going to hurt that team where does that put me so even though i was going into the first bye week as i think power ranking one I think I'm going to find myself probably around power ranking six or seven, probably after the next four or five weeks, because it constantly adjusts to um, the way in which your team's performing. And I think that's something that you need to be aware of too. Whereas another one of my DU teams uh, is underperforming. I'm completely aware of that. And so I'm kind of stuck in this weird reality of, do I believe that these players are going to continue to underperform? And should I start selling off the major assets or should I be stuck in kind of this, uh, you know, place where I'm starting to want to use future assets, i.e., you know, 25th first, et cetera, um, to start looking at maybe adding more fuel to this team that I think is pretty good. At the end of the day, these tools are helpful um, and you should use them to help gauge, but also at the same time, you need to understand schedule. So if you have, you know, let's say a player, I don't know who's a good example because I didn't necessarily prepare this off the top of my head, but there are probably players out there that have had a tough first five weeks of the season due to, you know, maybe three out of the five weeks have been up against top defenses. Sure. You know, like Minnesota is a great example of that. They had a really tough first five weeks. Uh, they're one and four. We're talking about Jordan Addison is a prime example of this being stuck in a, in a situation that's going to drastically change um, now that Justin Jefferson is out. Like players like that will have different impacts onto your either contending or uh, tanking teams, whether or not you're trying to rebuild or whatever you're trying to do. So just things to be kind of considerate of um, as you move forward. But I just wanted to shout out those two specific columns because I do think that they're helpful and they do have, unfortunately, different terminology on the different platforms. It'd be great if they aligned, but you know, they're never going to because I don't think MFL ever wants to be sleeper and I don't think sleeper ever wants to be MFL and they're going to go through their, uh, you know, branding wars, however they can. And we already know sleeper could be spending all the money on that. So, but, yeah, I, uh, I think maybe because it's the first platform I ever played dynasty on was MFL. I still prefer MFL to sleeper. I feel lost on sleeper, but uh, sleeper's fine. Also MFL never fails to load. <laughs> Sometimes never. Sleep. A sleeper will just yeah, sit there and ever. spin. It's like, what's going on here? But anyway, I digress. We we talk about don't that. don't digress. Your your point stands true, and I hope I hope sleeper devs listen to this. You know, all two of them because I don't feel like they are ever pushing out things that the people ever really want. So you know, <laughs> keep keep adding more uh, in game props, guys. Keep keep adding those fuckers. <laughs> yeah. So we'll top into some trades and non trades before we get out of here. So I grabbed a couple from. Console Wars, and then I think one is from Billy in DU. One. One. DU, no. Yes. So one from Console Wars I saw was Jonathan Taylor, Flowers, and Hyatt for Dobbs, Grace Hall, and Romeo Dobbs. How do you feel? Honestly, it's really tough. I think the roster construction on both teams is very peculiar. I think they're both trying to compete, which is the really weird part. I want to say one of the teams is kind of in that like weird fluctuation zone, zone that we were talking about that you really don't want to be in. Um, and I think that's the team that's acquiring JT, whereas the team that acquired Brees Hall is trying to compete this year. I do think it's a pretty even trade, and I probably lean slightly to the JT Flower side simply because I like Flowers more than I like Dobbs, and I like JT just slightly over Breeze Hall. 
he would probably be my number two running back in dynasty right now, even though he hasn't played really that many snaps. It'd probably go Bijan, JT, then Brees, something like that. Um, but it's pretty negligible to me, the difference between in this trade. What what are your thoughts? It's it's very fair. I always lean, unless it's like egregious. And since we play super flex, I tend to lean the guy who's going to get the starting quarterback. And I know that Dobbs is not like otherworldly or anything, but he's he's got a decent floor for you. So if you are contending, I, I think... Yeah, JT Hall for me is just a kind of a wash. Flowers, Dobbs. Um, you you want to have flowers as far as uh, I guess just talent and age and stuff like that. But I really, I mean, it's hard for me to hate on Dobbs because I just really like Romeo Dobbs. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just the quarterback from here that's going to push it over the edge for me. I I, I think that's just kind of where we're at with it. I could put Dobbs in my super flex and I still have a running back. That's pretty much equal to what JT's going to do. Dobbs is probably what Flowers is going to do for the year. And really Hyatt is the thing. It's like Hyatt for me doesn't do anything at all. So really I'm looking at JT and Flowers for the starting quarterback Hall and Dubs. So I'll take the starting quarterback Hall and Dubs in this one. It's an interesting trade because the next trade that we're about to bring up regards one of the same teams so the team that gave up jt flowers and hyatt and received dobbs hall and dobbs or dubs dobbs uh gave up russell wilson and gus edwards for joe mixon what are your thoughts on that trade knowing that the russ gus the russ gus for joe mixon trade happened just prior to the jt flowers and hyatt trade okay so Let's do this. The guy who gave up JT and Flowers gave up Russ and Gus. Okay, that's correct. So he's he's trading in Russell Wilson for Dobbs uh, and Gus for basically whatever. So let's get rid of Gus Edwards and Hyatt from this. And you're looking at Russell Wilson, JT Flowers for Dobbs Hall and Dubs and Mixon. Oh uh, yeah, for and Mixon. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So he's gonna end up with Dobbs Hall Mixon and dubs and it cost him russ jt flowers and i yeah he did good i feel good walking away with dobbs hall dubs mixing after giving up uh russ jt flowers and i and guess yeah i think he lost the the true first trade so in this situation it'd be the the second trade uh so i think he lost the russell wilson and gus edwards for joe mixon trade uh this was a relatively contentious trade in the (laughs) group chat for the league uh billy was very strong about how he felt about the trade. I also felt the same way. I actually reached out to Billy in a separate text message originally and showed him the trade and was like, what were your thoughts on this? I thought this was a pretty terrible trade. And uh, I think it ignited a fire in his belly and he was like, fuck it. I'm just going (laughs) to post this on the group chat and let everyone know that I think this is a terrible trade, which I respect Billy, you know, Big Balls Billy will always post in the group chat his emotions and his feelings, and I respect that. Me, I'm a little bit more timid when it comes to that, so I usually don't don't chime in. This one I did chime in, though, because I do think it's relatively egregious when you look at it um, because of the way that Uriah talked about Superflex. Quarterbacks are intentionally overvalued. Overvalued mm-hmm. in the sense that they're valued more um, in those specific formats, for the exact reason that you have to start two quarterbacks basically to be competitive. You can start one quarterback and still be competitive, but you're really, really playing with very fine margins. And so in this situation, to really get a max 11 to 13 points per game running back for a quarterback that really this year has an output of anywhere between 16 to 22 yards per game just doesn't feel logical to me. What I will say is that I know that that owner was basically trading away his QB three yeah, and his running back four or five for hopefully a running back three. And then in the future trade gave up his running back one and received basically a running back one in response with a new QB three um, and Dobbs. My only issue with this trade in the grand scheme of things is that I still think that he could have gotten the next trade done which is the JT Flowers and Hyatt trade 
for Dobbs, Hall, and Dubs without giving up Russell Wilson for Mixon. I don't feel like Mixon adds that much value to his team, and he could have gone and traded Russell Wilson for a better running back, honestly, in my opinion. Um, I just think he's kind of stuck there with Joe Mixon, who does he really have that much longevity left in the NFL? If anything, I think Russell Wilson might outplay him, which is crazy to say because Russell Wilson's you know productivity over the last few years has kind of um, waned. But yeah, that's I, I did want to provide that additional context because I do think that that is relatively important. This is <laughs> the same owner, so and these trades happened within I think twelve to sixteen hours of each other as well. Yeah, no, that's important. I didn't even notice it was the same owner, so I kind of see what he's going for there, and I'm glad I grabbed both of those so we could discuss them. So I totally yeah. planned that. Totally planned that. All right, uh, last one, which is a quote-unquote fun one. Uh, this is one that Billy made in uh, our first listener league, DU1, DU Uno. Uh, he lost Justin Jefferson for a little bit, and the Chase owner is a guy who has been stacking picks for quite a while now. Uh, it seems like every time I go to try to either – trade away one of my firsts or go and acquire one. Either I've already gave it to him or he has them all, <laughs> seems like. But he had a healthy chase, and he had no reason to keep chase. So once Justin Jefferson went down, he sent the trade over to Billy. said, hey, I'll give you chase for Justin Jefferson straight up. And, of course, Billy accepted because why wouldn't you? You just lost a player, and you get basically an equal player. The player playing trading away chase for Justin Jefferson had the thought behind it that – He's not trying to mess with uh, uh, possible points, whatever, for his uh, standing, trying to keep all his his own picks really high. And having Chase score points on his bench isn't really helping the case. And he views Chase as a very similar uh, player to Justin Jefferson, as I do, too. What are your thoughts on the thing? Like, I, I think it's cool. I hate it because it... It just helps Billy out, and I don't want Billy to win anything in these leagues. But, uh, yeah, how do you feel? Yeah, I definitely see both sides of it. <clears throat> it makes sense uh, specifically for the owner who was getting Justin Jefferson. Um, as you said, the possible point scenario, making sure that he basically tanks for the 101 is really important. Uh, not having a starting wide receiver sitting there on IR adding to those points potentially is great. Um, I was looking at the statistics and if you compared the, basically the first two seasons of the two of them, which incorporates the first five weeks of this season for Jamar Chase, because he missed five games last year. So if you, you know, do the first 34 games of both of their careers, they're basically in line with one another. Now, Year three for Justin Jefferson finished with like 1,800 yards and eight touchdowns and 125-ish receptions. I'm saying that off the top of my head. If anyone wants to fact check me, I'm probably off by a few, but give or take. Ah, we don't do that here. We're good. Yeah, give, give or take the honesty behind that. Roughly. Uh, to, it does put Jamar in a very tight window to try and uh, compete with. But at the end of the day, in terms of dynasty value, we're talking about, I think, the smallest of margins between talent, um, the smallest of margins between points per game. The only thing that I will say that I felt, I feel in general, the differences between the two of them is that Jamar seems to boom really, really high and kind of bust on a couple of weeks where you're kind of getting that seven to 10 point range, whereas Justin Jefferson feels like his range is a little bit more um, close. So you're more confident in the points per game that you're going to get. They still finish the season with points per game, which is around the same, which is real the real issue with points per game as a whole. You really do want to look at that variation. So I do think Jamar kind of has that range of like, you know, 10 to 50 points, <laughs> whereas Justin is more like 18 to 35, you know, which is not bad. I'm not shitting on that. It's just the reality of kind of the, the gap between them and why I do find Justin Jefferson slightly more um, appealing to me because I don't like players that boom too much uh, be, just because that just doesn't really convert to wins if you're kind of stuck in those situations. So all in all, pretty even trade. I think it's a coin flip at the end of the day of who gets the better value. But I think the situation just works so well for both teams that it's like, 
yeah, it's a win for both of you guys. Okay, cool. It's just <laughs> it's one of those. If you're in the league, you're just pissed off altogether because you're like, awesome. Can't, can't believe the Jamar owner traded to the Justin Jefferson owner. The two, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, Ben. Uh, you know, he's a commissioner for Contal Wars. He's been with us ever since we started doing this thing. Pretty good buddy of ours. He's not too happy about it, uh, and I wouldn't be either. So. <laughs> And I'm, I'm not, I'm in the same league. I'm trying to compete too, damn it. <laughs> you know, uh, anything to take Billy out would be nice, but yeah, no, Billy lives. I don't know how he does this, but he, he, he's a lucky man. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I actually did have one other trade. I posted it in uh, the discord and it got unanimous responses. Oh yes. I traded away two thirds for Marvin Mims. Yeah. I, couldn't believe it. I sent it out last night. And I woke up this morning and it was accepted. And I was just like, I honestly sent it out just to start a conversation thinking there wouldn't, there would be a conversation or I'd just get an auto reject. And I woke up and someone was like, Hey, you owe me $50 for 2025. And I was like, Oh, all right, cool, cool. I've never <laughs> been, uh, never been put in that situation before where I've had legitimately no conversation with the other owner. And it was very interesting, uh, but it was one of those. It, those are my favorite trades. Do you think there's a reason why people are undervaluing Mims right now? Um, just because he hasn't, you know, if you're just box score watching, you're probably panicking more than some of us who look at some of the underlying context of uh, the player's usage and what he's doing when he's when he's on the field. I, I love this trade for you. But it's two thirds. Like you're not even going to want those back. Like at least like, for me, like I get sick of even picking them. Like I just, I don't want a third. I don't want a fourth. I don't care. Yep. So yeah, two thirds. It's in a 16 team league. So oh, two thirds are, are like two fourths almost. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. I absolutely yeah. take Mims. Oh, this actually makes me wonder if I could go out and get Mims. I think you should try. I think I should try. Uh, yeah. Just not in console words. I own him. So no chance. It's all good. You might, well, that's three copies. There's two other there's two Dan's other. Dan's one of the other ones. Oh, uh, Dan ain't gonna trade me. Yeah. So good luck with whoever the last person is who owns it. But yeah, no, that's probably good. Billy. It's probably Billy or oh, Paul. God, or I can't trade like with that, Billy so. either or Paul yeah. probably. Yeah. Good luck. Bastards. All right. Um. But yeah. No. I think it's good. I. I. I don't know if it pays off this year, but maybe it pays off next year. And it's yeah, definitely I worth a gamble. It. It's not even like a. Not even really a gamble. It's just I don't know. It's almost. It's almost free. You know, just to see. It's like a free play almost. So yeah, good yep, for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. All right, everyone. Thanks for giving us a listen this week to Dynasty Underdog. Follow us on Twitter or X, whichever you want to call it. I'll call it Twitter, probably forever. At Dynasty Underdog, at Uriah Dawkins, at Willie Beam DFF, and at Jake Jake Abrams. Check us out on Spotify if you can, please. That would help quite a bit. Join our Discord. It's free and fun, especially on like game day, like I'm never on Twitter anywhere else. I'm not checking my scores. I'm literally watching Red Zone and chatting in a Discord for seven hours straight. A couple of potty breaks in between, but it's fun. Join it. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, check us out on YouTube. Um, in a few weeks when Billy's back, I believe these episodes will be going live. And there's a chance we might have Billy next week. We'll see. Other than that, you guys have a good night. <laughs>